Hello world and welcome to the program. This is Alex and the new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed, a podcast where you'll get along with Ukrainians and also observe how the global scenery impacts Ukrainian society in these exciting times. We speak about events, trends, individuals and lifestyles of modern Ukrainians. So let's jump right in! In this episode, you'll travel to the Ackerman Fortress, a giant building and the real gem of Ukrainian South. I will guide you through the rich history of these lands by telling the story of the fortress and the ancient Greek city of Tiras, which was founded here 2500 years ago. There is no understanding of Black Sea region diversity without the explanation of its ethnicity, history and warfare traditions. So have a listen to its exciting story. Hello listeners! I'm back to you from a small trip I've made to some of the beautiful places in Ukraine. Well, this summer for all of us was something special in the end. And not only because of the stressful situations caused by the Covid and quarantine restrictions we all went through, but also because of the limited opportunities to travel elsewhere but our own countries. And I guess, at the very beginning of the summer, we already knew that there will be zero opportunities for traveling abroad. So a lot of my friends inspected what would be the most beautiful places to visit nearby in Ukraine and made particular plans. As for me, I wasn't planning at all. But I knew for sure that I would definitely go somewhere in my country, which is quite a rare situation, I need to say because the majority of young people in Ukraine prefer to travel abroad instead of discovering our own country. Even me. I've been to plenty of countries in Europe even before I got to some most famous cities in Ukraine, like Kharkiv, Ivano-Frankivsk, Uzhgorod, Vinnytsia, Kherson and others. So I definitely had to use this summer for seeing much of the places left. So to start with our traveling, we decided to concentrate much of our efforts on the southern Ukraine, which I found a very picturesque part of the country with a steppe landscape. So first, in June, I got to the lighthouse in Odessa, the city I'm from and live in. Then we headed to have a one-day rafting experience in the Mykolaiv region on the granite steppe lands of Buch River. This was super cool, I was piloting the boat of 9 people during 2 and a half hours and this is quite exhausting as well, I need to say. But we had a lot of fun. I will post some pictures to the podcast pages on Facebook and Instagram. Check them out there. Then we also visited the oysters farm in Mykolaiv region at the beginning of August where they grow oysters for the whole country and serve them just outdoors with other seafood. This was very delicious and actually, the views of the Tilihol estuary at a set of the sun were amazing. I'm still evoking these memories in my mind with great joy. Further on, I joined my friend on his business trip to western Ukraine and together we crossed six Ukrainian regions in seven hours. Don't worry, we didn't break any rules. Okay, just sometimes maybe. And we really made it fast. 
This was so exciting to see how our country is diverse with all this natural beauty. From the sands and steppes to the forests and fields, all that was so inspiring. And by the way, we were also surprised by the quality of the roads which are now, finally, under heavy construction works. So we could see where our taxes go at least. <laughs> this was an additional pleasure, feeling that you are kind of skimming the ground. I spent a few days of August in Ternopil, which appeared to be a lovely western Ukrainian city, and even shot a video which I'm editing now and hope to release very soon. Maybe some of you already saw a short teaser I've published in the podcast pages just recently. So I will keep you posted. Well, after returning home, the next stop was Bilhornistrovsky Fortress, which I visited already in 2017, but just couldn't deny the opportunity to go there once again. Plus, my mom really wanted to see the fortress so badly, that we decided to go there the next day after my birthday party. <laughs> and here I just want to stop for a moment, because the things that we saw in Bilhornistrovsky or Ackerman fortress are just paramount for understanding the way these lands lived during the last 2500 years. Its ethnicity and history were all seen in this medieval building built on the ruins of the ancient Greek city of Tiras. Yes, you heard it! This part of Ukraine was occupied by numerous Greek colonies policies a long time ago. And this was a bridge between Slavic tribes and the ancient world which, however, collapsed under heavy siege of other nations. So now the whole region can be discovered through the prism of one fortress founded by Genoese and later ruled by Byzantines, Golden Horde, Moldavians, Ottoman Empire and Russians. Want to know more about Ukrainian South? So take a short listen of the Ackerman Fortress story throughout the centuries. Hopefully this will give you a clue to Ukraine's rich history and diversity. Tiras, Ackerman, Belgorodnistrovsky, and about 10 more different names are associated with this place in the Odessa region. Ukraine is a real treasure for tourists who adore distant roots, ancient legends and hidden secrets. And on the banks of the Dniester estuary, just 540 kilometers from the Ukrainian capital, a fortress appeared in the Middle Ages on the ruins of ancient Greek city of Tiras. Today Ackerman Fortress is one of the main attractions of Ukraine and one of the largest fortresses in Eastern Europe. Ackerman Fortress is also one of the best preserved fortresses to this day. This is a historical and architectural monument built between 13th and 15th centuries and towering over the waters of the Dniester estuary. Powerful defensive walls and towers show us how significant and impregnable this building was. On three sides it is surrounded by a moat 14 meters wide and almost 20 meters deep, and from the north it is protected by the waters of the Dniester estuary. 
All fortifications are surrounded by solid walls, the total length of which reaches 2.5 kilometers. Nowadays, the fortress is located on the outskirts of Bilgorodnistrovsky, a pleasant Ukrainian city. During its existence, the city itself passed into the possession of different states quite a few times. Thus, these territories were inhabited by Greeks, Romans, Turks, Byzantines, later Armenians, Golden Horde, Italians from Genoa, Moldavians, Ottoman Empire and Russians ruled here. Hence why the city and fortress had so many names. It is probably difficult to find a city that would change them as often as the modern Bilhornistrovsky. And interestingly, in different languages the city was always called White City or White Fortress. This is a unique fortification system and a medieval warfare relict located in Ukraine, which was recently renovated and now is waiting to be rediscovered. In 2019, UNESCO confirmed that the Ackermann Fortress was included in the World's Heritage tentative list. The ancient Greek city of Tiras and the medieval Ackermann are a unique complex of monuments on the way from the Black Sea to the Baltic Seas. Here you can see the potential of outstanding universal value that transcends national boundaries for present and future generations. So now let's take a closer look at rich history and planning of the fortress. The Ackermann Fortress was built on the remains of the Greek city of Tiras. The city occupied a favorable geographical position and played an important role in the ancient trade with the northern Black Sea coast, since the first settlement was founded here by Greek colonists from Miletus in the 7th or 6th centuries before Christ. But frequent attacks by the Goth and then by the Gunas tribes destroyed the city. In fact, the discovered remains of the whole city are shown on this video. Archaeological excavations are still being carried out on the right side of the entrance to the fortress. Presumably, the remains of ancient Tiras are located under the Ackermann Fortress now, the attachment area and the streets adjacent to it, where the Acropolis might have been located in an elevated and protected place. The commercial part of the city and the port were destroyed by the waters and by later structures. Later the Greeks, Dacians, Ants, Slavs and Bulgarians lived on the side of Tiras. According to historians, later in the 10th century this city took the name of Belgrade and became part of Kievan Rus, a loose federation of East Slavic and Finnic people in Europe, then for some time belonged to the Kingdom of Hungary and even later to the Kingdom of Galicia Volinia. As part of the latter, the city was conquered by the Tatar Mongols in 13th century. So we can see how many cultures had an impact on the history of the city even before the end of the Middle Ages. But it is still unknown when the Moncastro fortress was founded. 
Today, most historians consider its founders to be Genoa's people who came to the Black Sea coast in the 13th century. The commune state of Genoa emerged in the 13th century. The basis of its existence was a powerful fleet which carried out transportation in the Mediterranean region. In exchange for military aid to the Nicians, the Genoas received unlimited trade rights in the Black Sea. In the second half of the 13th century, they also began to build their cities in the Crimea. At the same time, a powerful trading port was established on the Dniester estuary. Interestingly, this area was part of the Golden Horde at the time. But the cunning Genoese somehow agreed with the Tatar Mongols. Hence why, although the Moncastro was officially a Tatar city, the fortress itself was ruled by the Genoese. So it was the Genoese who built the fortress that was to control the Dniester estuary. But of all the fortifications they built here in the 13th century, only the citadel has survived to this day the most powerful part of the Bilhorodnistrovsky fortress nowadays. The Genoa's presence was later replaced by the Grand Duchy of Lithuania. And at the end of the 14th century, after the Lithuanian domination, Belgorod has appeared to be under Moldavian control. Under the Moldavian presence, Belgorod was called Cittata Albe, White City. In the 15th century, the city was a real metropolis. 20,000 inhabitants lived here. Among them were Moldovans, Greeks, Genoese, Armenians, Jews, Tatars. This was the time of the greatest prosperity of the city. Interestingly, all Moldavian fortresses were designed by Western European military architects. But the Bilhorodnistrovsky fortress used the achievements of Byzantine military architecture, according to which the fortress should have been multifunctional and comfortable. So its main elements were completed by the 1440s. There were 34 towers in the fortress. The heights of some of them reached 20 meters. From the outside, the fortress was surrounded by a deep moat. The fortress was built of white limestone strengthened by eggs, crushed marble, coal and silicone. The building materials also included millet, which allowed to maintain a normal hydrothermal balance in the walls. During the reign of Stefan the Great, Voivode of Moldavia, the Bilhorodnistrovsky fortress became the main defensive center in the southeast of the Moldavian state, just on the trade route between Europe and Asia. The fortress was completed, fortified with new strong walls and a large gate, Kiliska, which now serves as the main entrance. In the 15th century, the Ottoman Empire repeatedly tried to capture the city. The heaviest siege took place in August 1484, 
when the 300,000 army of the Ottoman Sultan Bayezid II and the 50,000 troops of the Crimean Khan Mengli Giray, supported by more than 100 large ships, laid siege to the castle from the shore and estuary. After a nine-day siege, the fortress fell. Thus, Ottoman rule was established here for 328 years. The Ottoman Empire made the fortress one of its strongholds in the north. Later, the city became the object of endless attacks by the Zaporizhian Cossacks, Moldavians and Poles. But the fortress, renamed Ackermann, stood still. It also often served as a camp for Crimean Tatars, and the Crimean Khan, Islam II Giray, even died in the fortress and was buried in the mosque, of which only the minaret now remains. The remains of a Turkish mosque, a minaret, are located on the ruins of a Christian temple built in the 12th or 13th centuries. Now, most of all, this structure looks like a pipe of some ancient smithy or brick factory, but in fact it is the minaret of the small mosque built by Bayezid II on the side of a Moldovan church. Here lay the Crimean Khan Islam Giray II. The 18th century brought three Russian-Turkish wars to these lands, so the Ottoman period in Ackerman ended in 1812. Under the Bucharest Peace Treaty, southern Bessarabia and Ackerman finally passed to the Russian Empire. In 1832, the fortress lost its strategic importance, and in 1896 it was declared a historical and architectural monument. It has been a civilian object ever since. Now the Bilhorodnistrovsky fortress is one of the most popular tourist attractions in the south of Ukraine, holding various song festivals and live performances during the year. You may walk around the territory for hours, admire the estuary, look into different parts of the fortress, reflecting on its glorious past. There is a medieval costume shop, a hall of torture instruments, and plenty of towers and viewing platforms. In recent years, Ackermann Fortress has attracted more and more travelers. It has recently survived a grand restoration. Today it is visited by up to 200,000 people a year. The number of European tourists is also on the rise. Bilhorodnistrovsky Fortress is one of the largest medieval fortresses in Ukraine. The perimeter of its walls is in total 2.5 kilometers, and the total area covers over 9 hectares. The thickness of the walls varies from 1.5 to 5 meters and the heights of the walls and towers from 5 to 15 meters. From the north, the fortress walls approach the Dniester estuary almost closely. On the other three sides, the fortress is surrounded by a moat the depth of which reaches 14 meters. 
The basis of the fortress complex is the citadel, the most fortified part built by the Genoese in 14th century. It consists of four large towers connected by a strong wall. The towers have their names Courtyard Tower in the northeast, Superintendent Tower in the southeast, Prison Tower in the southwest, and Treasury Tower in the northwest. Currently, the Treasury Tower is half destroyed, but the other ones are in almost excellent condition. The latter collapsed in 1889. Since then, the sea has washed away the shores of the fortress, so restoration work for strengthening it is still in progress. The yard area of the citadel is 300 square meters. There are many rooms and an extensive network of underground passages, still almost unexplored. The citadel once housed a superintendent's palace. The fortress is divided by internal walls into several courtyards, which could have been independent fortifications. The citadel is located in Garrison Yard. This yard has an area of about 2 hectares. It used to be occupied with barracks, stables and ammunition depots. The garrison yard is now completely empty. When walking around this part of the fortress, you may climb the walls and enjoy the views of the sea or the city. And if you really immerse yourself in the atmosphere of the Middle Ages, you can imagine how once there could stand guards in armor with a saber or in uniform with a rifle. Where I was walking, holding a camera, someone was running, holding a musket during those times. The largest courtyard of the fortress is Civil Yard. Its area is 5 hectares. It was once built up with residential buildings. Now all the main activities take place in Civil Yard. Here you can find samples of old guns and playgrounds with cafes. And this is where all the festivals are held. In the 19th century, all residential buildings of the Civil Yard were dismantled. The three largest external towers have their names. Central Tower, Kiliska, Ovid Tower, Maiden, Watchtower and Pushkin's Tower. The central gate of the fortress, Kiliska, leads to the Civil Yard. Some towers are used as exhibition galleries or museums nowadays. For example, in the Harem Tower, a small exhibition of paintings is held. The Harem Tower was opened for visiting only in 2016. But according to scientists, its name is not correct, as women in the Middle Ages have never lived in this building. There was a third yard in the fortress, Quarantine Yard. It had other names like Port or Commercial Yard. It was intended mainly for trading and warehousing operations. But there is almost nothing left of this yard now.
Over the long years of its existence, the fortress has acquired a whole bunch of legends. No need to say that rumor still has it that the dungeons of the fortress in different centuries were used by all kinds of secret orders, and that the occult artifacts were stored here, and that some structures were erected by masons according to ancient Egyptian technologies. While indeed in these dungeons there might be a gate which leads to a parallel world, but the darkest legends of course are associated with the underground passages of the Ackerman Fortress, which haven't been studied yet. There is also a legend that the ancient poet Ovid was exiled to Tiras, where he died and was buried. That is why, according to legend, the city of Ovidiopol appeared nearby. And allegedly, Alexander Pushkin came to the grave of the ancient Greek poet. But this beautiful story has long been disproved. Ovid was exiled by the Roman Emperor Augustus to the city of Toma, today Constanza in Romania. But from the estuary side, the Ackerman Fortress really has a tower named after the Russian poet, who once visited the city and the fortress. It was here in the fortress that the poet came up with the idea of writing the famous epistles to Ovid, which later Pushkin considered the best of all his early works. But why the extreme western tower bears his name, and who named it, is still unknown. So if you are just going to spend time in the south of Ukraine by the seashore, do not forget to set aside a couple of days to visit this magnificent monument of history and architecture, and you will definitely not regret it. It is capturing at any time of the year, so regardless of when you decide to pass by, you will definitely get an unforgettable experience and learn a lot from the history of the northern Black Sea region. This was a new episode of Ukrainian Unleashed podcast. Thanks for being here with me. I also would love to thank Purple Planet for lovely musical compositions used in this episode. We did our best to extend our presence all over the web, so you may find us everywhere, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check our pages in social media with fresh updates. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts are waiting for you. See you very soon, guys.